You and I are big fans of systems here, Shannon, and I love that our interview guest today, without any prompting, started talking about his own systems. That <laughs> That's true. I loved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have a great guest today. You know, uh, you know, whether you're a small business owner, uh, somebody buying and selling, flipping stuff on eBay, there's some really great lessons here today. Um, and uh, I think you'll really enjoy it. I have a lot of respect for this guy. I recently met him, and he's not only has he done stuff for his own business, but he's built some great communities that uh, I think all of us really benefit from being a, a part of. Yeah, great interview. Really well spoken guy. Understands what he's doing, and you. I had to keep reminding myself that the things we were talking about with him here and all the things he's doing are his side hustle. He has yeah. a full-time job in a completely different field that oh. is massively yeah. involved in taxing and all of that stuff. He's a PhD. Yeah, yeah. I was shocked that I when, because I started to learn about him and, see, and I've been following and see what he does because I'm, I'm kind of intrigued uh, how he's built these, you know, support communities for resellers. And then when I, you know, asked him to come on the show, he's like, oh, well, I have a full-time job on neuro, whatever. <laughs> so I was like, oh, wow. Okay. You know, but uh, he's, he's a great guy and, and uh, you definitely want to uh, stick around for this one. Yeah. Well, our guest today is Dominic Carone, the primetime treasure hunter. I'm Dave Hamilton. That's Shannon Jean. And this is the Small Business Show, episode 249 for Wednesday, November 13th. 2019 i decided from the outset i was going to create a group that is a positive and supportive group where we're not going to allow any trolling or any bullying or anything like that i have a great group of moderators that help me out with the group so a lot of credit to them but we've helped to set the tone and now there's over thirteen thousand members of the group and i can honestly tell you that there's rarely any instances of any kind of trolling or bad behavior and if someone brand new comes in and tries something like like that it's like they're immediately ostracized because the, the culture has been established and so that's uh, important for your you know for your listeners who are in leadership positions in, in small business and you have employees that don't underestimate the value of building up a certain culture because if people believe in it and, and buy into it they will um, you know they'll follow along with that and help you try to accomplish the vision that you have set out for yourself Hey, Dave, you know, I'm a lifetime deal guy. You know, I've bought and sold everything. It seems like forever, you know, everything from 40 ton cranes to, you know, computers, technology, handbags. <laughs> that's how we met. And I know. Yeah, that, that's, that's right. Yeah. And, you know, the the people that are out there grinding it out every day that I really have a ton of respect for. And they also understand the power of buying and selling, finding the Delta Um and, and whether it's a side hustle or a full-time job, you know, it, it can have a big impact on their lives. And, you know, the other thing that I, I've always been connected to kind of one group or another, different support things. We talk about it all the time here, getting kind of a support system in place for you of like-minded people. And so today on the show, I'm really happy uh, to have uh, not only a successful reseller, but a builder of communities to support other sellers. Uh, mm. Dominic Carone. Yeah, he's known as the primetime treasure hunter on YouTube. He's got over 8,000 subscribers that come to him for advice and support. And as well, Dominic's 
the administrator and, you know, really the force behind the reselling resource center group on Facebook, which is how I connected with them over 13,000 members. It's a hugely popular group that help in one another. And, you know, Dominic really is an unsung hero in this reseller community. And I'm really happy to have him on today. Welcome to the show, Dominic. Thank you very much, Shannon and Dave. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Uh, we'll we'll put the links in the show notes. If you know if you're out there hustling uh, and you're you know looking for support or have questions about whether you know primary marketplaces and things or buying and selling, uh, Dominic's a great guy to connect with. So I, I want to learn about your reselling business and, I, and as well as the support communities. Let's start with reselling. How long have you been buying and selling? And how did you get into it? And what is there a, a product line that you typically focus on selling? Well, I primarily focus on comic books, but then surrounding that, I sell, uh, resell basically anything that you can think of that is vintage and collectible. And it's funny because when you ask me about the beginnings, the beginnings really do go back to my childhood with comic books. I immersed myself in comic books uh, as a child and a, a teenager, uh, collected them like crazy. And whenever I had extras or ones that I just, you know, decided it was time to, you know, move on to somebody else, I would set up with a couple of my friends in New Jersey. There's a place uh, many of your uh, listeners have, have probably been there. If uh, anyone's from New Jersey or the Northeast, there's a place called the English Town Auction. And so we would wake up very early in the morning and uh, our parents would drive us over there. We'd set up a plastic table, some chairs, put our boxes of comic books out there and uh, people would come by here and there and purchase uh, some. But, you know, back then we were not purchasing them with the intent to resell them, but it was an sure. early experience in reselling. But, you know, for what you would traditionally consider reselling nowadays, you know, my beginnings with that uh, started in 2000 uh, with eBay, which was shortly after eBay started and, you know, it was kind of getting up and running. And I was in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida at the time. I was going to graduate school at Nova Southeastern University to pursue my PhD uh, in uh, specializing in clinical neuropsychology. And uh, over the weekends, uh, my wife and I would go out to a place called the Swap Shop. Again, a place many of your listeners have probably gone to or know if they live in the South Florida area. And it's just a giant, um, huge, uh, basically outdoor flea market, had a little bit of an indoor component. And we would just go and uh, we didn't have, uh, you know, cell phones with apps on them back then. And so we just kind of, you know, by just eyeing it would look at things. And if we thought it was potentially valuable or it'd sell on eBay as an auction, remember back then, eBay was only an auction site. You couldn't yeah, do all right. the buy it now stuff that you can do uh, nowadays. And, you know, once in a while, we'd buy something for a dollar and flip it for, you know, 50 bucks. And then other times we'd buy something for a couple bucks and we couldn't sell it. And we just learned a lot through there. And then, you know, a lot of shows started coming out on, you know, on TV that were centering around collectibles, uh, you know, like uh, Antiques Roadshow and uh, Pawn Stars and American Pickers and Storage right. Wars and all those types of things. And even though there's some staging component to some of those uh, shows, there's still a lot you can learn and get educated on in terms of the value of items. And, you know, you learn about things to look for. So uh, I was, uh, 
you know, pretty active in, in reselling during the four years that I was there. And then I took time away from it to focus on developing my professional career in, in neuropsychology. And uh, then kind of things just kind of came full circle. And uh, over the last few years, I've decided to jump back into reselling. The story behind that is a little interesting, but um, I decided to jump back into it and have been really active uh, reselling and with the whole social media aspect of it in the past uh, two years. That's cool. Yeah, I, I love the con- the buy sell as you know as well of finding that treasure and you know have bought storage units and all that kind of stuff and I mean it's just you know headaches with it just like every other business but it can be pretty fun. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, I am a treasure hunter at heart. Um, you know, before I was actively getting back in, and this is actually it's kind of interesting because it's one of the experiences that I had that actually led me into developing a YouTube channel is uh, I was uh, pretty interested and um, uh, getting into the hobby of metal detecting, which is, which is treasure hunting. And (laughs) um, it was a lot of fun. I had a blast doing it. And mostly I was treasure hunting on, on land, you know, uh, parks and, you know, schools and stuff like that. Once in a while I'd get into a different area, but there was uh, a guy on YouTube who I was watching who was uh, doing uh, metal detecting in little shallow rivers. And he was always finding uh, civil war collectibles. And it's fascinating to me. And I loved his YouTube channel. And I watched it all the time. And then from there, I started watching some reseller YouTube channels that would just kind of pop up, you know, on the side related right. to that. And it just kind of got me connected into the whole YouTube universe. That's cool. That's yeah. great. So uh, when you're buying and selling this product, are, are you primarily on eBay or are you selling uh, other venues as well? Right now, I am primarily on eBay. We do some local marketplace uh, flips for bigger, bulkier items like furniture uh, pieces that my wife helps with that aspect of the business. She is very good at restoring uh, furniture and touching it up to make it look nice. So we'll often get free pieces of furniture that are being discarded by somebody on the side of the road, or they'll post that it's free for pickup. We'll go get it. And, you know, she'll work on, um, you know, in that, in that situation, I'm really just the heavy, I'm just picking yeah. it up and bringing it back and she does <laughs> all the touch ups, but yeah, we'll flip that stuff on, on Facebook marketplace or offer up or, you know, let go or, you know, Craigslist or something like that. I've dabbled cool. a little bit into Poshmark, but not much. Um, and so, you know, there's other areas to potentially expand into, but right now it's primarily eBay. It, this is fascinating. I mean, you just, you just find where the deals are and go after them. Like, I, it, it, unabashed is sort of the, the word that comes to mind. And I think there's a lesson here for our, our listeners, you know, don't, don't hold back for any reason, just find the stuff and go do it. It's, yeah, it works. You have to have that. You, it's very important for 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 people who are starting a small business. Is you have to have a go get them attitude, and you have to also just eventually, you know, do what it is that is your goal. So, for a perfect example of this would be the YouTube channel, and a lot of people put it off because they're nervous and stuff. And uh, eventually, I just got to the point where I actually heard somebody say, who is a you know a bigger. Uh, time YouTuber who's like, you know, listen, you know, just do it. You want to do it? Just do it. And so I just decided one day, I actually looked at it last night in horror. I still keep it (laughs) out. My first YouTube video, which was on the value of, believe it or not, of vintage spray cans. 
but it's just it's just terrible compared to what I'm doing now. I mean, I keep it up just to look back at it and to see how much I've grown in terms of you know developing because it's a big it's a big challenge. There's a lot to learn. I had not done anything like that before, but you just got to jump in sometimes and learn as you go. Absolutely, that's yeah, the I, only that's way to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. you expect to be an expert the first time you do something, you will never do anything. Absolutely right. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, that's impossible. It's really good. Yeah. It's great. It's 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 great advice. Yeah. Um. So uh, the, the one thing I really uh, struck me watching the videos and and uh, listening to you is you know people ask me about product sourcing all the time uh, and I typically say hey those are my trade secrets I can't tell you where I get all this stuff but you kind of do the opposite right you explain the how and the how the costs and and how to find stuff and everything on your YouTube channel. Um, so l- let's talk a little bit about that, uh, how you got, why, why the how and why you got started in YouTube. Uh, I mean, were you doing it to try to eventually generate revenue or just build this community, promote your own business? What was the impetus, impetus behind that? There's, there's multiple aspects to it. Uh, you know, eventually, if you catch on, yes, it can be a, a source of revenue. Right now, it's a relatively small source of revenue for me yeah. through advertising. It takes a while for you to even get your channel to the point that you could get it monetized. And you need a thousand subscribers, for example, and you need to have a certain amount of, of view time. So it's not like you could just, you know, flip the switch and you right. know as the old saying says and uh, all of a sudden start making money th- through youtube it doesn't quite uh work that way uh but that was that was one goal as something i would like to do is is you know continue to develop that but uh also i just really wanted to take it on as a as a personal challenge and i like taking on uh personal challenges and something that i haven't done before and i don't want to regret you know, at the end of my days, you know, I wish I would have done a YouTube channel. I thought about doing it, but I didn't do it. So I just figured I'd dive into it and try it. Uh, I wanted to share my treasure hunting experiences with people. I I was watching other channels and people were doing, uh, you know, something similar, but I felt like I could add a unique perspective to it. I felt like, for example, I could add insights into the psychology of buying and selling uh, based on, you know, my career in uh, neuropsychology. So I not know a lot about how people think and what motivates people. And also I felt that I could help people with uh, motivation. I've written two books related to motivation. They're, they're boring books. You're, you're, they're not any, it's not like self-motivation, but it's just, it's academically based. Mm. They're academically based books, but it's an, it's a topic that's of interest to mine. I felt like I could shed some light on it. And um, also I just thought that I would have just some fun experiences to share with all the different treasure hunts I go to on the uh, estate sales that I go to, the the rummage sales, the flea markets, the garage sales. I, I just thought that I'd be able to share some interesting things with people and, uh, you know, and help them out. And right before I actually came on your show, I kind of got some validation of that from someone who wrote me on YouTube. And he said, I'm a new reseller and your videos have saved me. And I said, yeah, that's, that's awesome. awesome. That's a yeah, great feeling. So, so, so just the, it's not always about the money. It's just sometimes just the gratitude of feeling you could help people out is, is, is a good thing. Yeah. And, and I would say that, uh, I would speculate that it helps motivate you as well, right? Uh, you're kind of d- developed this cyclical system, if you will, that, you know, you're out there sharing stuff, you're getting that good feedback. That's got to help propel you to do more as well, right? 
It does. It, it makes you accountable, uh, you know, because people yeah. ask you, for example, if you went and sourced something and you said you were going to sell it for, you know, you thought you'd sell it for X, Y, or Z, they'll say, hey, did you list that yet? Did you sell it? Whatever happened to that item? Uh, yeah. Or what's happened, you know, more recently, which is interesting, and this gets to where, where you're talking about is develop a source of revenue. Uh, develop a small enough following now that people start asking me when they see something that I source that they would like to purchase it. So that actually oh, yeah. me to not put it aside and let it sit there for a while and just, you know, get it listed. And then someone, you know, will, will just purchase it directly. And so, uh, you know, that's a, that's a cool experience as well. And then the other thing is that, um, you know, sometimes I might run into a problem and I can't solve it and I'll ask the audience for, for help or for assistance. And, you know, with the audience built up, how it is now, I, you know, I could pretty much get an answer very fast if there's some kind of problem or something that I need a solution to. That's really cool. Using it as your you know, resource for you as well. Yeah. That's so cool. it is reciprocal, like you say. Yeah. yeah. yeah and, well, that's... and how long have, how long have you been doing the YouTube channel? The YouTube channel uh, is coming up to about uh, a two years. I did my first video at the end of December. I think it was December 28th, uh, 2017. So uh, we that's are great. getting close to 9,000 uh, subscribers and uh, I'm, hopefully maybe 10,000 by the end of the year. It'll be uh, fun. Yeah. That's really cool. great. Do you do so, anything to right. market that, that YouTube channel? Like, like, I mean, other than the obvious filling it with good content and et cetera, et cetera. Do you do anything to, to really promote it out there? Yes. Um, so I think that, and this is a very important thing for, for small business owners is that it's really important to be on social media. Um, your business is pretty much invisible if it's not on social media these days. You need to get it integrated in some way. That doesn't mean necessarily it has to be on every single social media forum, but there's some real important ones that you know it's good to be on. Um, you know, YouTube, if you could you know find a way to make that work is a good one, obviously. Facebook is another one, as well as uh, Instagram. And so what I do is I try to integrate integrate um, the three together. And actually, I try to integrate with the eBay too as much as possible. So I'll give you a, a perfect example of this. So uh, in my Facebook group, uh, for example, I do something called the Bolo of the Day, which is stands for Be on the Lookout Item. And so what I like to do is I like to uh, take an item that Ideally, if I could find one of these that I showed in a video that I sourced and then show people what I sold it for and then show people, you know, something else similar in that category, you know, that sold. So, you know, let's say, for example, it's, um, you know, yesterday I bought a Dracula jigsaw puzzle never opened from 1974. So let's say that sells for $30. I might show the video where I sourced that. And in the Facebook group, I'll link to it and I'll say, hey, within the body of the text, you may remember I sourced this item at the 12 12 mark so if you'd like to go check it out go check it out so people who are new to the facebook group might say oh wow this guy does treasure hunting videos i might go check that out and then maybe they'll subscribe and then in the youtube channel i'd be directing people over to my instagram account or back to the facebook group so they all kind of um, feed off of one another and of course i'm mentioning my ebay store so you know right before i came on in fact the moment before i came on with you both today uh, i put up a, uh, an instagram post that said hey i have this uh, you know rare avengers poster that was signed by george perez from 1994 and it's available in my ebay store if you'd like it'd be a great christmas present uh, so, and I'm always directing people over to the Instagram from my YouTube and sometimes from my Facebook group. So they all 
interplay off of one another. You got to connect them together. That's really smart. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That, 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 yes, that answers the question, right? Cause if you've got an audience in one place, why not tell them about, you know, your presence elsewhere and cross pollinate. Hey, I right. want to take a quick minute and talk about our sponsor for today. Our sponsor for today's show is text expander. We're always talking about productivity and especially here today with Dominic really talking about productivity because He's working like a side hustle on top of a side hustle here, and you can do the same thing. When you're doing that, though, you need to both be accurate and efficient. Those two things don't necessarily go hand in hand. In fact, they usually combat each other. Not so with Text Expander, because what you can do is all those email replies, the addresses, all the things that you type regularly, but you need to make sure are accurate. You put in text expander. That way you don't have to go dig around in your sent folder in your email to find the thing that you sent that was sort of like this the next time. No, you just put them in text expander. And then when you need to send that same email out, answer the same question, provide the same instructions, whatever it is, you've got them, you've gone through, put them in text expander, you vetted it. And now you don't have to think about it. You can just invoke it either with a short little keystroke Hence, text expander or with a menu item, if you rather work that way. Once you put it in, you put it in right in your email. It'll work pretty much anywhere. Then you just hit send. You don't have to review it because you've already done that. That's the beauty of text expander. And if you happen to have more than one person on your team, you can use it with your team, meaning the things you put in text expander are available to everybody on your team vetted by you or whomever you want on your team to look through and make sure that this stuff is perfect. Maybe you've got somebody that's better at grammar and all that stuff than you. Great. No problem. Delegate that out, put it in there. Then you get to use their expertise. Every time you send something out, you've got to check it out and you can do so and get 20% off your first year. Just for being a listener, visit textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more about text expander. Our thanks to text expander and the folks that smile for sponsoring this episode. All right, Shannon, back to you. Cool. Hey, so we're, we're kind of talking about buying and selling again. I, I want to say, what do you think you're, uh, kind of the, one of the biggest problems that you face as a reseller uh is there is there something recurring that that kind of comes up that you've worked to overcome to make your business more profitable um some kind of tip that you can share with our listeners the two problems that i faced are not problems that are unique to me uh they're really a, a problem that most resellers run into which is space and time <laughs> right. um because it's very easy to go out and source items. Uh, the more challenging part is the listing aspect to it. You know, people get that thrill of the treasure hunt. They love doing that. I do as well, but you've got to list it or else you're hoarding the stuff. And so, um, uh, but if you want to grow your business and, and pick up on certain opportunities that come your way, you know, you got to got to grab them when they're available. So that will lead to an accumulation of stuff sometimes. So uh, you've, 
uh, like initially for me, what I what I started to do was initially just start investing into my business by you know purchasing some really solid um, you know metal storing shelves and and putting them uh, throughout my uh, residence and the areas where I'm permitted to put those types of things you right. know so in the garage yeah. or downstairs in the basement that type of thing. Uh, but once that started running out, I've always had wanted to get a storage shed, and so this just gave me a perfect excuse for it. So uh, I wound up getting a nice storage shed over the summer. Did a whole video on it and uh, I've shown it kind of develop over time. And so, you know, for people who don't have the space for a storage shed, you might need to get a storage unit or something like that. But uh, but space is a continuing uh, challenge. And then there's time. And uh, time really, um, you know, there's so many other things that I'm doing. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, I have a full-time job and stuff. And so I've got to continue to try to develop uh, efficient systems to to list. And so uh, I, I modify things over times in terms of what I do. I'll give you one perfect example of it. So uh, sometimes what someone will do is they'll, they'll take an item, they'll, they'll photograph it, they'll go over to the computer, they'll list it, they'll get back up again, they'll photograph, they'll go back to the computer to list it. I tend to take like a whole bunch of things at once and usually things that are similar, like for example, posters, and I might just take a bunch of pictures of posters all at once, try to capture them in daylight. So on the weekends, for example, I would tend to photograph those. And then I, you know, I, might, I may know I don't have time to list them now, but maybe I'll have time to list them later on at night. And so, uh, I'll, you know, I'll put them up. I'll put them up then. So t- trying to take advantage of proper lighting opportunities when you can, uh, grouping similar uh, types of items, uh, taking pictures of multiple items at once. Because the problem is, is that if you're doing them one at a time, when you sit down onto the couch to do it or wherever it is you're sitting to relax, it it's harder sometimes as the night goes on to get up, you know, a second, yep. a third, a fourth, a fifth time, but as opposed to if you have them all already set. You know, it makes the listing process more efficient. That's just one example. There's lots of uh, different, uh, you know. No, that's tips. a really smart thing, though. It, it just in general, whatever your business is, th- compartmentalizing as you would if you had multiple staff members, right? You might have one person if you were, you know, if this were big enough and you were doing it as a full time thing, you might have somebody that all they do is take the pictures and then somebody else is posting to post social media. Well, for a lot of us, that's us, right? We do all the jobs. We get to wear all the hats, but still compartmentalizing it, dividing the labor up and saying, "Okay, I'm going to do all of this right now. It makes it way more efficient. Not only is it, you know, a brain hack for motivation. Right. But it's also just way more efficient to do it that way, too. So way, way more efficient. I'm very big in efficiency. And actually, this podcast coming out at this time of year is perfect timing for your listeners, because I would suggest I do this every year. I mean, you could do it throughout the year, but definitely at the end of the year is to take a step back and look at the systems you have in place in your business and figure out what is not working in the ideal way in terms of efficiency and time. So for example, at the end of last year, I realized I was wasting a lot of time uh, printing out labels, cutting them out and taping them on. So I took the, you know, the time to invest and research into a a thermal printer, which just prints out the labels almost instantly. It doesn't use any ink. It just comes out, you know, it's a heat based uh, printer. So it basically just burns the address right into the label and uh, comes right on literally takes like two seconds now to print a label. Uh, Or I was spending a lot of time just uh, after I got home from work, turning on my old laptop and waiting for it to just kind of get going. Sometimes it would take 15 minutes. Uh, I purchased a brand new laptop with, uh, you know, 16 gigs of RAM just to make sure I sped things up. And so it's important because uh, new business owners or small business owners sometimes might be a little reluctant to put in those, you know, those investments, but those investments will, will pay off 
big time down the road in terms of efficiency. And it's ultimately going to be something that works out for you in the long term, as long as you're making the right investment. Yeah, that's great. It's true. I watched that video, by the way, when you sourced the, bought those posters. It was pretty awesome. That <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> was a good yeah, one. And all that, just one other you know, smaller thing to mention is just, which doesn't really have to do with purchasing anything, is just looking around, just figuring out what your what your system is. I mean, I talked about this a little bit earlier with you know how you do the photography setup, but you know, for me, you know, there's lots of things I have to grab in terms of envelopes and tape and scissors and stuff. And there's a lot of resellers who are starting out for for example, that have things spread out all over the place. And they're, they don't realize how much time they're wasting walking to another room to get, you know, the scissors and then walking to another room to get the tape. So I have everything kind of centralized. I have a rule. Everything I need once the item uh, sells and needs to be packed and shipped, everything I need to complete that has to be within arm's reach. No, that's great. Yeah, that's very cool. So, okay, I want to talk about the Facebook group, uh, the Reselling Support Center. You know, if you're in in the business of buying and selling, or you're on marketplaces like eBay or Poshmark, Tradesy, whatever, uh, you know, I, I highly recommend you join. So, d- did you start the the uh, the support center to promote your YouTube videos, or vice versa? H- how did all how did the the group come about? Um. The the Facebook group came a couple of weeks after I started the the YouTube channel. Um, just so your 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 audience knows if they if they're interested, they want to come by and check it out. It's called the the Reselling Resource Center, and uh, you know that'll easily show up. They just type those words in on on Facebook. Yes, that that was one reason would be to uh, promote things. And, you know, I can't uh, promote things unfettered in other people's. Facebook groups because it's their Facebook group. So there's something to be said for having your own group that you develop. And, you know, to be able to promote things though successfully, you have to build up a good community. And one of my other motivations for uh, building up the group, I mean, there were many, but one of the things I have a real problem with on social media these days, particularly in, in groups that, you know, where there's maybe a shared common interest area is that a lot of people have the experience and I've had it as well, where you pose an innocent question, you know, or maybe a basic question that, um, you know, there should be a relatively simple answer to maybe you just don't know it because you're new and someone comes in and just tries to tear you down for, you know, asking, quote unquote, a stupid question. So I I decided from the outset, I was going to create a group that is a positive and supportive group where we're not going to allow any trolling or any bullying or anything like that. I have a great group of moderators that helped me out with the group. So a lot of credit to them, but we've helped to set the tone. And now there's over 13,000 members of the group. And I could honestly, tell you that there's rarely any instances of any kind of trolling or bad behavior. And if someone brand new comes in and tries something like that, it's like they're immediately ostracized because the, the culture has been established. And so that's uh, important for your, you know, for your listeners who are in leadership positions in, in small business and you have employees that don't underestimate the value of building up a certain culture, because if people believe in it and, and buy into it, they will um, you know, they'll follow along with that and help you try to accomplish the vision that you have set out for yourself. Yeah, that, that that's for sure. And, and I love that because it is all about building each other up and even the little things like you're talking about here, you know, okay, where's all your stuff and you've got your packing supplies and this and that and that. Well, somebody who's just getting started, they just maybe haven't thought through that process. You may have been doing it for years. Uh, so it's a great, uh, you know, 
resource and place to go. And it is, it is very positive. Uh, I love it. Have you, Thank you very much. yeah. Related to your Facebook group, I, you know, we, and we've been through this with some of our businesses here. I, I, I love Facebook because so many people are there, but right. the flip side to that is all the people that are there are Facebook's readers, not their Facebook's audience, not my audience. Right. And, and so I don't get to control the Facebook group truly. I mean, yes, I can moderate it and and all of that, but I'm moderating it essentially for the benefit of Facebook, right? They're the ones that get to market to these people. They're the ones that get to do all of that. And I, it, with some of our stuff, especially one Q and a group that we had, the, the format of the way Facebook did it just didn't work for us. So we wound up moving to our own platform. Have you ever like thought about what the future is like for your Facebook group? Does it stay on Facebook? Do you try and move it to your own platform so you can truly have your audience at your own home, so to speak? I I see what you're, what you're saying. Um, I have thought of that in the past, just in the, in the sense that I'm, I always have an awareness and I think this is important that um, there's no guarantee that right. any of these programs that we are using are going to be around in the long term. I mean, remember when MySpace was the most popular thing and everyone totally. was using that. So, and especially with all the the controversies that Facebook gets itself gets itself involved in <laughs> with privacy policies and politics and stuff, you never know how long that's going to last. And so, I do always have that in the back of my mind. It's not something I've actively looked into yep. uh, right now to do, but it's it's always good to kind of to kind of think about these things, but we try as much as possible to, uh, you know, take the group and to use it as, as a mechanism for, um, you know, positive and and supportive change in in people's lives and to help people uh, make money. Like we have an event every week, um, which I'm sure you've seen, uh, Shannon, it's called support that seller Sunday where, where I take one seller out of the group who's been a positive member in the group and has helped support my, uh, my, my group has helped support the, the Facebook group and my YouTube channel and stuff. And uh, I showcase them and I ask everyone in the group to go look at that person's store. I'll put a link up to it and uh, ask people to buy from that person. And we've had people make up to 500, close to $500 in one day of sales. Uh, People who get picked for that event at this point, pretty much it's guaranteed they're going to break their sales record if they get selected for it. And so, you know, it's a really, um, you know, a good way that we, you know, we take Facebook and, you know, help people um, besides myself uh, market it because I don't want it to just be for for me. I want it to also be for other uh, people. That's one of the things that also I wanted to do different with my channel because if you go into a lot of other, cha- uh, I said channel, a lot of uh, Facebook groups, it's primarily centered around the person who who runs the group. But I wanted it to be a way that I could actually showcase and feature people and you know, help them promote themselves in a structured environment. Yeah, it, it wouldn't work if you were just trying to promote your own stuff. The, the, one of the, you know, the secrets to the whole thing, I think, is that you do spend, I would say, more time, you know, promoting other people's uh, stuff and helping out, coming up with, you know, tips and posting news things related to reselling. So it is a really good resource. That's why it attracts so many, so many people. 
Yeah, right. You're right. Because if you come across that, all you're trying to do is self-promote, self-promote, self-promote. There's definitely a significant percentage of people that could get turned off by that. So uh, I really do try to balance that as much as possible. And you're right. I mean, I I may actually, you know, shift it over in the other direction more, but but that's okay. I mean, I think people, uh, people appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, you know, on this show, we talk a lot about mistakes all the time. We just did a big episode on failure last week, which I'm an expert at. So uh, <laughs> we went really well. Uh, but so, you know, we, we're the reason why we're fans of, of mistakes is because they teach us so much. Right. Yep. And looking back on them. So what would you say is your best mistake? I'm making quotes in the air here. The, you know, the one that stuck with you, taught you a valuable lesson, either related to reselling or, or with your community building. Uh, one, one of those. Um, with reselling, I would say that, um, there's nothing more frustrating to a reseller when someone purchases an item from you and you can't locate it. (laughs) That's really, really a problem. Uh, and even though you may eventually find it and 99.9% of the time I'll eventually find, I just had my streak broken last night, by the way, of 20 years of never misplaced an item. And, uh, uh, first time it happened uh, last night. So you always have to, you know, implement good customer service and, you know, make sure you do everything possible to go the extra mile for the customer. But, um, you know, it's it, it continuously teaches me uh, that, you know, I need to continuously improve my inventory system and the ways that I'm uh, storing things. I mean, I have a general setup right now where when things come in, they go to a certain location for processing. And then once they're listed, they go to a certain location as well. However, those locations are not absolute. And what I'm currently working on doing is making them 100% absolute. So nothing could go, for example, in section A unless it's something that listed. There could be no crossover. Because once you start getting into crossovers like that, things start to get muddled and things could get misplaced easier. So uh, that that would, I'd say, be my main thing. The other thing would be with reselling is, uh, and I pride myself on shipping. I have a ton of videos on shipping. But once in a while, I'll make a mistake uh, with shipping. Something might might break. Now, it might not technically be 100% my fault. It could be that the postal service uh, worker chucked my package, you know, onto the porch and that's why it broke. But you still have to try to protect it as much as possible that, you know, could even withstand something like that. And so I'm continuing to try to, uh, you know, do videos to show ways to kind of make your packages as, as iron proof as possible so that they don't get damaged. So always learning from things like that as well. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And you know, the, the not being able to locate an inventory item. I'm, I'm familiar with that, unfortunately. And that's one of the big metrics that you're uh, rated on eBay for as a, as a reseller and can really drive your uh, uh, top rated seller. You can lose that right. quickly. And right. I mean, the ratios are really uh, slim on, on mistakes you can make. So you want to be, be sure to be focusing on keeping track of that inventory. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, so what's next for you? Um, are you, you want to continue doing what you do now? You want to expand into other areas, grow the business? I mean, what, what are you at a, 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 I mean, I know we talked about time and, uh, you know, you're pro- probably like Dave and I are working all the time, but got right. quote, quote work, but, you know, what, what do you want to do in the, in, in the future? 
Um, you know, I, I would say I started this as an experiment to see where things would go. And, um, you know, I've set goals every year for myself and I've uh, been meeting those goals. And so as long as I'm, you know, meeting those goals, I'm having fun doing it. That's also important. You have to have fun doing it. Uh, I'm going to continue on with it. And so, uh, you know, in terms of where things are going to go from here, I I would like. I'm actually pretty close to uh, publishing, self-publishing my own book about reselling. It's about nice. items to be on the lookout for. It's um, going to be several hundred pages long, so I'm looking forward to uh, to finalizing that. I was hoping to get it done by the end of the year. I still might, if not beginning of next year. Uh, I am interested also in expanding areas where I'm sourcing into. I source at most, uh, you know, commonly, you know, known locations, but uh, storage units is an area that I'm, I'm very interested in. So that's uh, something I'd like to do and bring those types of videos over to my channel because those are very popular in the reselling community uh, on YouTube are storage unit unboxing videos. People love that type of stuff. Huh. Um, you know, long, long term, I would like to uh, retire when I can, which would be about age 60. I'm about 15 years away from that uh, uh, and do the reselling and all this other stuff, uh, you know, for my full time gig. You Just know. think I'm how not, many followers you'll have by that time. Yeah, exactly. And I think about that, too, because a lot of times in, in business um, or other areas of life, um, and, and this is an important point to, to, to put out there, is that, you know, there's such a desire for instant gratification. And, you know, I immediately have to get, you know, 50,000 subscribers on YouTube or 30,000 people in my, you know, Facebook group or $20,000 in sales within 60 days. And, you know, too many people don't realize that they have something good that they're doing, but they need to give it time to build it up and not quit too easily. So just sticking with it and seeing how things develop over time, like you said, is, um, yeah. you know, is, is something I want to continue doing and see how it grows. Uh, continuous Great. collaborations uh, with others. Uh, I, I actually consider this what I'm doing here with you on the a podcast as, as an example of that. I like to, you know, branch out into other areas, you know, on a small business show is, is fun and exciting for me. So I want to do more of these, you know, media appearances. Uh, I think they're, they're, they're interesting. Um, I want to enhance the video quality uh, on my, um, on my YouTube channel, uh, mm -hmm. just increase sure. the uh, production quality of that type of stuff. So there, there's lots of things that I uh, plan Great. on doing. That's just like a few examples. No, that's awesome. Uh, at, you know, there's a bunch of really great advice in this. Uh, you go back and listen to, over to this. And, uh, and I, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing what you're doing. I have a ton of respect for the communities that you're building. I know how much time it takes to, you know, put everything out there and manage it. Um, and, you know, so go t once again, let, t tell our listeners the best way to connect with you and your communities. Um, well, the easiest, the most open access way, because the Facebook group is closed and requires people to be approved, is is on um, is on YouTube. And so you can just go over there, Primetime Treasure Hunter, a YouTube channel. Uh, appreciate if you came by and liked the content, if you subscribe to it. And uh, there's comment section there where you could reach out to me. Uh, I'm also available by uh, email at primetimetreasure at uh, gmail. Dot com. There's no S at the end of that. And then there's the Facebook group, the Reselling Resource Center. Um, you could uh, you know, request to join there and you get in and talk to me there. And if you're in there, I could talk to you on Facebook Messenger or do that with a lot of people. And then there's also Instagram. So there I'm at prime underscore time underscore treasure. No S. Awesome. That's great. Yep. Yeah. And uh, we'll put those links in, in the show notes as when we push this uh, this episode out later this week as well. Um, great. 
Thank yeah. You. And thanks again. You know, we really appreciate it. Uh, excellent tips and uh, highly recommend anybody that's reselling, uh, get over to those groups and, and watch those videos. Thank you very much, Shannon and Dave. Yeah. Thank thanks you. for coming, Dominic. Appreciate it. That was awesome. Oh, man. <laughs> I, 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 yes, man. He knows, thing, he knows what he's doing. He knows yeah. how he's doing it. He also knows he has a lot to learn. Like he's, he's not cocky about it, but no, no, confident. He's very humble. Yeah. yeah. What I love about it is that even he's talking uh, a lot of the advice and the things that he's, he's bringing up uh, on a real micro level. Like if you, oh, I'm a reseller, I'm buying and selling collectibles, vintage items, whatever it is. But those same things that he's talking about are applicable no matter how big or small your business is, right? The culture that he's building, all that kind of stuff, managing inventory. It's, it's powerful, man. It's, it's cool. power, totally powerful. And he is, I mean, it is a real business. He is running it yeah, very much like absolutely. a real business. And as I mentioned in the intro, it's his side hustle. Like he is super serious, yeah. super dedicated to this. And he, but he acknowledged, you know, the allure of the couch, right? Like that's, yeah. that's the thing that can often stop you from even beginning uh, your path down having a side hustle. He, he, you know, he seems to have figured out how to manage that by hacking his brain and, and, you know, creating his systems, which is great. Yeah. And, and not only did he create the side hustle to, you know, Hey, generate revenue and I'm interested in this stuff and it's fun. But along the way, he's like, well, let me start these, uh, this YouTube channel. Let me start this Facebook group. And there's, right. you know, he's got almost 20,000, uh, followers and members, you know, in these groups that he interacts with uh, now. So, I mean, it, it's a it's a powerful that's system. Right. He's got he's a side hustle you know. to his side hustle. Yeah, that's yeah. What I mean, yeah, yeah. it's it's, it's great. But he's a great guy. I love having him on the show. Uh, you know, come take a look at the show notes up at businessshow.co and you can click in and see uh, his YouTube channel and the Facebook group. Uh, and let us know what you think. You know, give us a, drop us an email to feedback at businessshow.co. Um, if you have questions for Dominic that you'd like to pass us on to us or questions for us, love yeah, to hear from you. Absolutely. I'd like to thank our sponsor, of course, uh, Smile Software there with Text Expander. Go check oh, yeah. them out and keep living that charmed life. We'll see you next week. 